This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I am honored and blessed to be presenting Gino Wickman to you, and we are going to dive into an amazing conversation around his new book, Entrepreneurial Leap. And I want to welcome Gino to the show. Gino, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Zach. Thrilled to be here. I want to give the audience an opportunity to know a little bit about you before we dive into the conversation and really hear more about your journey, where you became an entrepreneur at 21 and you became obsessive for learning about what makes businesses and entrepreneurs thrive. By 25, you took over the family business, which was deeply in debt and in need of help. And after turning the company around and running it for seven years, you exited it and sold it, which is always fun and exciting. Then you set out on a journey to help entrepreneurs and leaders get what they want from their businesses. Years of real-world experience has led you to create the Entrepreneur Operating System, also known as EOS, which is a practical method for helping companies achieve greatness. You've delivered more than 1,900 full-day sessions for more than 135 companies, helping them implement EOS, and you're the author of the award-winning, best-selling book, Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business, which has sold over 1 million copies. You also have founded EOS Worldwide, which is the organization that helps tens of thousands of businesses implement EOS with the aid of an intentional team of professionals. Before we dive into that conversation, why don't you tell us a fun fact about yourself? Pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to hopefully helping a lot of people. Man, and I love starting this off where maybe we can start unpacking something that we haven't talked about yet or you haven't talked about yet. What's just give us a fun fact about your journey that you might not have shared before? <laughs> wow, that's a good one because I'm a pretty open book and I've done a lot of these. Just pause for a second and think of a fun, fun fact for you. Man, that is a tough one. I have literally shared it all. So, so I mean, here's one. You can call it a fun fact if you want, and maybe it's not so fun, but my, you know, my leaning, my default is to always teach and help. And so with that, you know, through my 20s, that is when I discovered this world of entrepreneurship and business ownership and became a fanatic about learning what makes entrepreneurs successful, what makes businesses successful. And as kind of this golden boy, I took over a family business, did a big turnaround, successfully sold the business millionaire by 31. I wanted to be a millionaire by 30, but I lost everything by 32. And so that's not a fun fact, but it is kind of a fun fact from a standpoint of it was an incredible learning experience. So I always jokingly say, when you set a goal to be a millionaire by a certain age, I left out the second part of the goal, and that was to keep the million dollars. <laughs> so with that said, you know, lots of learning experiences from that. It helped me become a much more conservative person with the money that I generated. And fortunately, I've gotten it all back and then some. And what's interesting about that is once you earn that first million, you've already learned the process of earning a million dollars, right? So that goal shifts, I'm sure, to keep and then, of course, exceed that million dollars. What was that focus point of once you lost it all? How'd you kind of shift and turn that into, all right, now I'm going to get back on top and better? 
Yeah, well, it was like I said, I became much more conservative. So I, the reason I lost it all was incredibly risky, incredibly aggressive. The timing was the dot-com crash in 2000. And I had taken all the money that I earned and put it in very risky investments because I really thought I was going to turn that million dollars into about $15 million by the time I was 35. And obviously that didn't happen. So, you know, one thing I learned in my 20s is there's really no such thing as get rich quick, but there is get rich slow. And then, you know, like I keep saying, I just got very conservative with the money that I generated certainly humbled me because I could do nothing wrong up until that moment. And then I I had this funny thing in me where I felt like I had to fail. You know, I would hear stories of failures and then successes. And so I, I felt like I had to fail before I could truly become successful. And I would suggest to everyone out there, you don't have to fail to become successful. So it's not necessarily a part of the journey, but there's an old saying that says you learn a lot more on the way down than you do on the way up. And I learned a hell of a lot on the way down. It's funny because even what you just said right there, it's funny of how looking at your content, your books that you've written and the things that you're putting out there right now, that whole you don't have to fail part. You've really designed EOS Worldwide Entrepreneurial Leap around giving entrepreneurs those keys to success so they don't have to fail along the way. Is that a good way to summarize all your works? Great way to summarize it because, you know, all of that content I created, it's all about helping an entrepreneur who's relatively successful, go to the next level and ultimately live their ideal life. And then ultimately what I call it is the optimal life when you take it all the way to the final piece of the content. And so that that entrepreneur that typically comes to this content is stuck and hitting the ceiling and frustrated and on the verge of collapse in many cases because they just don't know how to go to the next level. And so they're hitting up against that ceiling. Well, this helps them break through the ceiling, grow to the next level, and avoid having to crash and burn to learn these lessons the hard way. Yeah, and that's always a painful lesson to go. And I know one of the critical mistakes you've mentioned here recently is not having a vision, not capturing your vision, and not having the clarity around that. Can you talk to us about why that's dangerous for an entrepreneur? Well, and I always like to give a little bit of context. And so, you know, the content that you're referring to is helping an entrepreneur in the making, somebody who thinks they're an entrepreneur, avoid eight critical mistakes. And that's one of the biggies. And so what I'm helping that entrepreneur in the making see is a day in the life of the entrepreneur, both what it looks like when they're in heaven and both when it looks like when they're in hell. And I'm trying to show them how to avoid hell. And and so the one you're referring to, I call not having a vision. And so the classic mistake there is the entrepreneur that takes their entrepreneurial leap with absolutely no vision. And they're building something on pure passion and pure charisma. And they're attracting people to them. And they're just kind of building something without a clear vision and plan. And there comes a point when you just unfortunately can't build it on sheer passion, energy, will, charisma, and you've got to have a plan. And so to the degree you can start with a vision, start with a plan that is going to change, but at least start with a plan so that you can rally the troops, whether that's your customers, clients, vendors, employees, where everybody knows exactly where we're going, how we're going to get there, you will absolutely get there faster. And it's an interesting thing because that clear vision can be really difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs in that beginning stage, right? They have this idea, hey, I don't want to work for somebody else. They, uh, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs do align with passion and sometimes they don't align with passion. They just align with, I know how to do X, Y, and Z. 
and then start a business that way. When you're talking about that clear vision and that clear plan, are you talking about actually transforming it into a mission and a vision statement for the business? Or is it literally, hey, this is where we want to end? How do you actually define a vision for an entrepreneur? Yeah, so it's two phases, okay? And so in the content that we're talking about with Entrepreneurial Leap and that entrepreneur in the making that's starting a business, I created a tool called My Vision Clarifier. And it's just getting them to think about and get on paper eight aspects to their vision. And so to your point, the first I just call their passion. And so it's getting really clear on the passion for why they're doing what they're doing. The why, which is the way it's most commonly said, but it's been called purpose, passion, cause, so many different terms. But why are you getting out of bed every morning? And then it's getting clear on your customers' needs. So who are you serving and what are their needs? The third part is really getting clear on who the customer is, the demographic, geographic, psychographic. Then getting into your pricing model, I'm urging you to take the leap with a clear pricing model as opposed to making it up. And pricing is vital because most go out of business because they don't know how to price and they're undercharging. And then it gets very tactical from there. What's the 10-year goal? What's the three-year plan? What's the one-year plan? And then boiling it all the way down to what do you got to get done in the next 90 days? Those eight things, any entrepreneur in the making that I sit down with that can just commit that to paper and it takes work. But if you will do that, it will greatly increase your odds of success. So that's that first phase of starting a business. Then there's the EOS content for an entrepreneur who's sitting there with 10 to 250 employees looking to go to the next level. That's a tool I created called the Vision Traction Organizer. And that's eight different questions you're going to ask about your business because now you're mature and looking to grow to the next level. I love that aspect of a lot of what you're talking about because there are different stages of growth for an entrepreneur. And it's funny, I mentioned this to you off the air, but I want to re-emphasize this aspect of things of where the very first book, when I started my first business, I was going through the network. I was doing all the, the grassroots thing. I was going to networking meetings, the closed network, the open network, the mixers, you name it, seven, eight, 10, 20 times a week. I was going to different places just to meet people. And there was one gentleman in particular that had a business. He was about a $20 million a year business, has a hundred and something employees, really was just doing very well for a potential mentor for myself. And one that we, we met at his office and he handed me a, a workbook called Traction mm-hmm. and said, here's the workbook. You need to go get the book that's attached to this EOS and Traction and start reading and learning and understanding what it's going to take. And I loved it because my mind is very operational. These days, I'm very uh, c- fractional COO type work for my clients where I, I really delved heavily into. It. And I can thank you really for a lot of that encapsulating. Here's my passion in business. But what would have been nice that many years ago is what Entrepreneurial Leap has actually transformed. Because I started the business. I already had the business. Now I'm like, oh, crap, let me create a framework around it. Entrepreneurial Leap gives a little bit more idea about what you need to do as you're taking that leap before you take that leap. Get these things in order, right? Can you tell us a little bit why did you see entrepreneurs making this leap without seeing this, what this book encapsulates, where you, you started seeing failures, where they're doing traction, but like, we're not ready for traction quite yet. What what kind of garnered entrepreneurial leap and why wasn't it available six or seven years ago when I needed it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, wow, there's a lot packed in that question. And so I'm going to, I, I, I want to answer it as concisely as I can, but there's a lot there. So let's, 
right now, contextually for the listener or the viewer, if you can picture in your mind, we're talking about two things here, because I know that you have two types of people in your audience. And so we're talking about somebody who's thinking about taking an entrepreneurial leap. And so that's the first category. And that website, as you mentioned, is e-leap.com. Just to make sure everybody knows there's a dash between the E and the leap. And so that's for the entrepreneur in the making thinking about taking a leap, wondering if they're an entrepreneur. The second context is EOS and Traction, the book Traction I wrote. And that's for somebody that already took their leap, has survived startup, and now they're in a growth stage where they have 10 to 250 employees and they're looking to grow and build an amazing company. Those are two very different dynamics in different worlds. And so the first part of answering your question, you know, those two tools I shared, my vision clarifier is the tool that's available for that entrepreneurial leap world, because what happens there is so fluid that my vision clarifier tool, when you fill it out, is literally evolving monthly. In other words, startup is so brutally exhausting and difficult and evolutionary where in the EOS traction context, the vision traction organizer, that tool is much more static for lack of a better term, because again, now you're building a great organization. So there's the first contextual piece there. The second is the reason Entrepreneurial Leap didn't exist six years ago for you is I needed to spend 30 years of my life working with and living with tens of thousands of entrepreneurs and honing, refining, and creating a system to help them build a great business. And I just simply learned a lot through all that. And what happened for me is when I was 40, I said, when I turn 50, I'm going to devote my life to helping entrepreneurs in the making. I want to go to the front end of the entrepreneurial journey. And there's an old saying that says, we teach what we needed the most by Daniel Kennedy. And that's what I'm doing is I'm going out to the front end of the journey to help my 18-year-old self. Because at 18, I was a mislabeled derelict. I was lost, confused, insecure. And so whoever you are out there, if you're an entrepreneur in the making, if you have those genetics and you're wanting to take a leap, you're dealing with some emotional issues. And that's normal as I did when I was 18. And so Entrepreneurial Leap is designed to help you first confirm whether you have what it takes to become an entrepreneur. There are six essential traits. Show you a glimpse of the life and then show you a path to survive the startup and build an amazing company. So hopefully that answered your question. I try to say it as concise as I can, but man, there's a lot in that question. Yeah, and, and you, you did, and it is a big question because it's one of those that I know I've chewed on for years of just trying to be successful in my own businesses and then now even teaching entrepreneurs, trying to get them the great content and your content is phenomenal. I mean, you put out so many resources, you put out different tools, one interesting, you, you do have a podcast on the other side of things that I've seen where Leap Lessons with Gino Wickman, and there's an interesting episode you put out. It's been a, a couple months now that I heard it, and it, it really focuses on friends and family not giving you that support, your inner closest network not giving you support. And I know this is something I struggled with at times where on one of my most successful business days, I was told, make sure you update your resume. And make sure you are ready to lose it all again. When not bad advice from some of the older generations, because like you said, you you got that million and then you lost it. I want to know from these podcasts that you put out, these episodes you put out, beyond that one, because that one helped me kind of uh, recenter, refocus, because that can hurt, right? When you hear that, when you're thinking you're successful. Are there other episodes in particular, these little nuggets that you put out that are 
more impactful or that you really enjoy about it? Are there some episodes that are like, hey, go listen to this episode real quick in case you need it? Well, you know, that's tricky because, you know, this book, Entrepreneur Leap, I wrote because if I were sitting with an entrepreneur in the making in a coffee shop who asked me to mentor them and they said, I want to become a successful entrepreneur, what do I do? This book are the words that would come out of my mouth. And so to pick one tool is almost impossible, but I'll, I'll grab something that you said there because what I'm teaching in that book up and over the contextual, first confirming, then showing you a glimpse, then showing you a path, there's a wealth of content inside of each one of those things. And we get to, when we get to path, that's the meatiest part of the book that is literally showing you the path to becoming a great entrepreneur. I teach eight critical mistakes to avoid, which you already mentioned. I teach eight disciplines to increase your odds of success. I then teach the nine stages. And so in those things, there are so many great nuggets. But the one you're keying in on right now is you're talking about discipline number seven of the eight disciplines to increase your odds of success. And that one, you know, is a great one. And since you're calling it out, because I call that take criticism and doubt from others with a grain of salt. And the point in that is when you launch your product or service, you've got to get a ton of feedback. You've got to listen to your customers, but you're going to hear criticism and feedback. You're going to have friends and family that care about you and their intentions are good, but they're terrified for you. And their feedback is almost always terrible with all due love and respect. And so you're just going to hear a lot of stuff that you've got to become masterful at gleaning what is right for you. That's why my vision clarifier is so important to fill that out. Because when you have clarity on the vision of what you're going to build, it becomes a filtering mechanism for you to filter out the good and bad advice and determine what is the advice that is right for what you're trying to build. So I just wanted to take it a little deeper into what that discipline is all about. I think that's huge because a lot of people will let that defeat them. I mean, and the entrepreneur journey is difficult enough. We always have these ups and downs. You've had your own ups and downs. And that right there, when you don't have the, the people that care about you the most or you care about the most, when you feel like you don't have their support, in reality, they are being supportive. But like you said, the, the communication might not have been there to the way you needed to receive it in that moment. And I think that's an interesting piece of like receiving feedback, receiving communication as an entrepreneur. Can you talk a little bit about how you frame your own mindset towards accepting maybe negative criticism that could be used as positive feedback? Yeah, for sure. You know, it also reminds me of a great story. And that is of a very well-known entrepreneur that I cannot disclose who it is. But what he would do is he formed a board of what he called 10 very intelligent people. And they were 10 very intelligent people. And what he would do is he would meet with his board of 10 and he would bounce all of his ideas off the board. And the way the story is shared is that when he would share an idea with these 10 intelligent people and eight didn't like it, he knew it was a great idea. And when all 10 hated it, he knew it was revolutionary. So in that story, the point is you're going to get some terrible feedback. And so for me, you know, when I launched EOS and when I believed that I could create a system to help an entrepreneur run a better business and then replicate myself, I had people in my life tell me that's not possible. You're crazy. I had people laugh at the idea. So I am used to people telling me that can't be done. It's impossible. And so for me, my passion, my belief, my clarity, 
I just have an ability to listen to all of that feedback because again, you got to listen to it, but you got to take it with a grain of salt and you just run it through the filter. And so again, the filter I'm running it through is my passion, my vision, my core values, the audience that I'm serving, what I want to build. And so most great things that have been built where most of the world are saying it can't be done or it's a really stupid idea. So passion is for me, what's at the core of all of it, because it's that passion and belief that helps me push through every time I get knocked down, everybody, every time somebody tells me I can't do it. And when somebody tells me I can't do something, I tend to get a little more motivated as well. And using that fuel to fuel a fire, right? You turn it into fuel and it kind of explodes that tell me I can't and watch me do it type of mentality. And that's yeah, a big piece and, to have. Right. And, and, and I'm also now reminded as I'm sharing this, 31 publishers turned down traction saying that it would never sell, you know, and uh, over a million copies later, you know, so you, you got to push through and you got to run it through your own filter because the other thing that's important is sometimes with all due love and respect to you entrepreneurs in the making out there, your idea is terrible and you're probably going to fail. And so, you know, I've also failed lots of times too. So you are the judge and jury at the end of the day. And this is why this is hard stuff. It really is. And I would be curious to know at your level, are you still doubted? Do you still hear those doubts when you're launching something new or doing something different? I mean, because you've put out so many different aspects of your journey to help people. Do you still get that pushback after you've succeeded all these years? Well, it's a lot less. What, what happens now at this point is actually very dangerous now because people actually have more faith in me. And, and as somebody who has been relatively successful with my ideas, you know, now all of a sudden you have to be careful because I've watched this with many other entrepreneurs where you think you can do no wrong, where you think that since you were successful starting this business, you'll be successful starting another. And so it's just the opposite for me where I'm keeping myself on my toes and not getting caught up in the helium that I can succeed at everything and not getting caught up in the number of people that come to me you know, believing everything I touch is going to turn into gold. So it's a whole different dynamic. It's a whole different conversation. You know, again, in the context we're talking about is that entrepreneur in the making that's trying to attempt their first success. It's a whole different ballgame. It really is. And, and how do you balance that beyond content? Was it a, a mentor? Was there somebody in your life that is that person that you go to and you know they're going to be objective? You know they're not going to be just the loving type. They might be a tough love and tell you what you need to hear. If you surround yourself with those people, can you talk about how that's been a part of your journey? Yeah, for sure. You know, at this point in my life, there isn't this one person I go to that pokes holes in things. It's, you know, at this point in my life, I do everything in my power to maintain humility. Okay. And I will tell you, it is hard when you have this many people coming at you, when you're standing in front of audiences of a thousand people. And so I am just constantly grounding myself. And so it's actually me doing it for me. And again, maintaining that humility. And I always jokingly say, whenever I feel like I'm starting to get cocky, I go read my one-star reviews on Amazon, and that puts things right back in perspective for me. And then, you know, I, I always like to give a shout out to my father-in-law who has passed now, but he was the example of humility for me. And so he's always with me, and he's always, you know, I'm, I'm just always reminded of his example 
to stay grounded, stay real. And so it's just constantly talking to myself. And when I'm walking off a stage after standing in front of a thousand people, it's just bringing myself right down to the ground and taking that with a grain of salt. So that's the best answer I can give you on that. I love that because I think it's an interesting early on failure I've seen from entrepreneurs, even myself, when I started my first business, you get that first win and you think you can conquer the world and you start driving forward in what could potentially be a terrible direction. I've seen entrepreneurs succeed with it, but I've seen a lot more fail with, let me double down on this $1 maker, even though it's out of alignment, out of the vision, out of that clarity. How do you, what would you recommend to that entrepreneur as they're leaping forward, they get a, a quick win is there a way to balance that of being like, stay humble before you get crazy arrogant because you got one win and recognize it's still going to be a long journey? Yeah, well, that lesson is is spread out through the entire entrepreneurial book. So you're going to just see that constant reinforcement. But there's two really important teachings in the book that that will come to the surface. And, you know, like I talk about, there's eight critical mistakes, eight disciplines, nine stages. So so it, they're in there. And, and one is just simply about not letting your business get away from you. And the point in that is staying true to your core. And so what I'm helping you do with this book is get clear on your core, where you excel. Every entrepreneur is not built to build every business. And so there's a tool I created called My Biz Match. And what that helps you do is define the perfect industry for you, the perfect type of business for you, the perfect size of business for you. And so what that does is that helps you keep yourself honest. So I have a friend, he's masterful at building $10 million companies and selling them. Well, he tried to build a $100 million company, it crashed and burned and failed. So there's really a sweet spot that we all have. And so that's the first teaching is don't let it get us away from you. Stay true to the core. The second one is to stay in your personal sweet spot. And so we all have this genetic encoding, this God-given talent, this DNA that makes us who we uniquely are. And to the degree you know thyself and you 100% be yourself, that will keep you true to your core. And so again, we we get temptation daily. The more successful we become, great quote, by, I can't remember the leader right now, but talks about how as you become more successful, you're more likely to die of indigestion of too many opportunities than from starvation of not enough. And so what you have to get good at now at this point, as you become more successful is saying no to a bunch of stuff because it's going to start coming at you. Opportunities are going to come at you. There is, once you see the world and you truly are an entrepreneur, there is so much opportunity. There are not enough lifetimes to capitalize on all of the opportunities. And so you just got to get good at saying, this is where I want to play. This is my sweet spot. This is the type of business I build and stay true to your core. I absolutely love that because it's obscenely true because those shiny objects, those squirrels are so easy to chase oh, for yeah. an entrepreneur. Oh, yes. And was there before, maybe even before you started putting out your own books, I know you have some amazing quotes on, even on your website, you have Jim Rohn on there. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. An amazing quote. We have Reed Hoffman, an entrepreneur is someone who jumps off a cliff and builds a plane on the way down. I think a lot of us feel that. Is there some content? Is there a book that you was a catalyst for you before you started putting out your own content that helped shift and guide your journey or a person in particular that 
was an author or was putting out content that you're like, oh man, this guy's who I'm hanging on to and shaping my journey around? Yeah, well, I'll do my best to answer that because there were so many inspirations along the way. And, and one of the things I do in Entrepreneur Leap is I do list all of my favorite business quotes. So they're all in there. But as I look at my 20s, because the, my 20s was my developmental stage, that 10-year period is where I became a fanatic for learning. But there were two key people in my life that made the biggest impact. My dad, number one, who's an incredible entrepreneur, he is the one that taught me how to lead and communicate to human beings, be it one or 1,000. And then the second is Sam Kopp, my business mentor, who was an incredible businessman who built his companies to 300 million. And he took me under his wing and we met every month and he taught me everything he knew. And so those two had the biggest impact. But from there, then we get into all of the books I read and audio tapes that I listened to because it was audio tapes way back then. And so everyone from Michael Gerber with E-Myth, Earl Nightingale, Think and Grow Rich with Napoleon Hill, Les Brown. So there's these incredible thought leaders and inspirers and motivational speakers. And so it's just a special. Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits had a huge impact on me then. Earl Nightingale's audio, which you will find on YouTube called The Strangest Secret, is like some of the original source material on you know what is now The Secret, but just seeing every day what you want to become and that happening for you. So, I mean, literally, I could rattle through a hundred thought leaders and sources of content, but it all shaped the person that I am and then led me into my 30s and what I ultimately created and built. And what you've created and built is at this point, massive. I mean, you're helping thousands, hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs across the world with all of your content and all the amazing things you're putting out there. What though, I really am curious because you have the mission, you have the vision. What is really the legacy you're wanting to leave on the world? Well, you know, I realized my passion is helping entrepreneurs. And so at the end of the day, in a simple sentence, I am here to help entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial leaders make a bigger impact on the world, have freedom and creativity, meaning fully express themselves. And so those are the three words that over and over and over come to me, helping you make an impact, helping you be more free and helping you be creative. And I always lovingly like to say, let your freak flag fly. In other words, just fully be you in the world. Your soul wants you to be something. And I just want them to shed all those layers that they've developed over, you know, one, two, three decades and just fully be themselves and make an impact on the world. And so that's what it's all about for me. Freedom, impact, and creativity. And literally the content you're putting out is helping entrepreneurs do just that. So I applaud you're already on that journey to um, creating that legacy for a, a long, long time. And I want to give the audience an opportunity. What's the best way for them to reach out, connect, find your content? Where would you drive them if they want to take this leap? Yeah, well, there are two, two websites. Number one, all things that I do, if you go to genowickman.com, you'll see the epicenter of everything that I do. And there's kind of five pieces of content that I put out to the world, and you'll see them all there. The passion project that we're talking about is e-leap.com. And so again, if you think you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur in the making, you just took your entrepreneur leap. The Entrepreneur Elite book and content is where you need to go, e-leap.com, wealth of content, 
wealth of free tools, but then everything else, entrepreneurship, and, and ultimately helping you live your optimal life is GinoWickman.com. I definitely encourage everybody, if you haven't heard of Gino, you've been living on a rock, but definitely go start picking up some of this content. Check out the books, check out the Entrepreneurial Leap. And then, of course, come back this Friday. Gino's going to get a little bit more granular with the top lessons from Entrepreneurial Leap that he's going to share with us on Tactical Friday. Gino, thank you so much for your time today, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.